You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. Hello everybody. Hey, hey. We are back for uh, episode two of season six. Wow, 2024, huh? 2024. Deep into it already. 2024. We are uh, going through chapter by chapter Steve's book in his likeness. That was fun last week. That was fun last mm-hmm. week. Good book. It is a great book. Yeah. I, I remember I was here when you had the first manuscript to this, and I remember reading it, and it was pretty cool seeing it pared down into the finished article. So pretty, You've been here a long time, haven't you, Luke? Yes. That's awesome. I think you wrote this 20... What year? I don't know, actually. 20... Do you know when you remember, remember what? I guess the book will tell me. Yeah. It, it usually does. 2013, that's what I thought. 20, I, 20, I doubted myself. So almost four, uh, 11, 11 years. years yeah. Same year, the Lord's Gym and... Oh, yeah. wow. That was a year. <laughs> Quite a year. Yeah. Yeah, in 11 years, it sold at least seven copies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's, he's kidding. Yeah, but I guess that's a good segue yeah, to say yeah. if you would like to buy the book and yeah. take that number up to eight, <laughs> you can do We're so. Not on, are we? Yeah. yeah, we're on. <laughs> you can do so on Amazon. You're pretty funny. Searching for it is like a spicy morsello. We but, could double it this year to 14. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> no, it's around 500. There you go. <laughs> I knew he was going to yeah. let that sit. I knew that it was like, gonna, he's got to tell you, no, no, no it's not seven. <laughs> it's, it's probably over 500, but it's not much. Here we go. Uh, he couldn't sit there. Yeah. He couldn't sit there and do that. I couldn't that. let that <laughs> chat hang. Uh, well, let's uh, have That's a look funny. at this this week's chapter. So, That's great. Uh, last time we talked about in his likeness and being a, a vicar, the replacement for Christ. And we started to touch on some of these themes of uh, this chapter is called Christian. So what it really means to be a Christian. So, Steve, would you just like to give that definition again for anyone that maybe didn't hear last week? Or for just to give us Christian? A yeah. Yeah, so that's the second chapter. It's like, you know, people started being called Christian Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the apostles' days, and they understood what it meant was Christian, you know, a a person following Christ. And it means little Christ. And so to know what Christ means is anointed one. So it's little anointed one is what a Christian is. And so... It's the same thing as Vicar of Christ. It's something that, honestly, it's not an option. You kind of have to. The whole purpose of being a Christian is to accept the commission of being the home of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That the Holy Spirit would live in you and forgive you and cleanse you and cause you to be righteous and holy. And you would be the healer the salt of the earth as it is you would be the healing on the earth you would be the preservation the preservative on the earth you would be the purification all the things salt does preservation these are all things salt does and that's what we're supposed to be as christ we're supposed to be what he was we should be and now there's a story in you know in acts of stephen preaching before the sanhedrin mm-hmm. Now, Paul the Apostle was named Saul of Tarsus in those days. He probably heard him. And, well, 
He, held the he held definitely the heard them because he held the coats of yeah. those that, that did this. Yeah. And so um, he later became Paul, the, one of the most Christian people of all time, one of the most imitators of Jesus there is in his likeness, you know. Mm-hmm. But Stephen was there that day preaching, and they began to take up stones. And Paul held his book. His name was Saul, I'm sorry. But he held their coats so they could get a better swing to throw the rocks harder. Should I read the story? Sure, go yeah. ahead. That'd be great. So this is Acts chapter 7. That was um, <laughs> I'm going to read I'll, I'll read from verse 51. This is Stephen speaking to the Sanhedrin. And just, who, just tell us who the Sanhedrin are, Steve. Well, they're the ruling class of the Pharisees. It's yeah. a of the Jews. You know, Jews, and then the people the that killed, just killed Jesus, essentially. Correct. They they're well, the high priests. High priest, and the, yeah. Yeah. So it's the, the inner the, council. The, it's like yeah. the executive staff. Yep. Of this of the yeah. Pharisees. Yeah. So this is Stephen talking to them. He says, "You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised <laughs> oh, in heart, and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit." Can we just are... stop right there. <laughs> Sometimes when you read these defend the the uh, apostles, yeah. it's like. They didn't really go to the school of charm and uh, saying what people wanted to hear, did they? No. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You are doing just as your fathers did, <laughs> which is one of which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed oh, wow. those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. <laughs> you who received the law as ordained by angels wow. and yet did not keep it. <laughs> now, when they heard this... Yeah. They were happy. <laughs> they, they were got ticked <laughs> off. They were cut cut to the quick, oh, and yeah. they began gnashing their teeth at him. And being full of the Holy wow. Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of wow. God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with, with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him mm. with one impulse. And when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called out on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. That's a lot, isn't it? And fell asleep meant he died. Died. Yeah, Yeah. they killed him. Wow. So there's Stephen looking just like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen, nobody could argue that Stephen wasn't Christian. He wasn't Christian. He was a disciple. In fact, those people might have thought they were seeing deja vu. And that, I thought we killed this Jesus, but here he is in this other guy. Forgiving those who are killing him, because that's what Jesus did. Laying down his life to tell them the truth. As hard as the truth was to hear, he laid down his life to tell them the truth. He's willing to be hated. And willing to be hated, stoned, killed. And then, when they're doing what he accused them of doing, Mm -hmm. stoning and killing, persecuting, the one God sent them, which Stephen was sent by God that day. Mm. And... uh, they were killing him, and Stephen said, forgive them, Lord. This is what Jesus and, did. Which is exactly what Jesus did, which makes him in the likeness wow. of Jesus Christ. And I'm humbled by this. I yeah. I just, you know, I don't think people look at me and have deja vu, you know. Mm. I don't think, 
the first century people, the th- you know whatever they were, the th- people in that time frame, I don't think they would have looked at me and said, oh, there's Jesus. Mm-hmm. But you can't help but look at Stephen in this mm-hmm. story and listen to him and hear him accuse them and tell them what they did wrong. Wow. And then not say, oh, that's what Jesus did to them. He told, he told them all kinds of things, like you teach the precepts of men as the doctrines of mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. blind guides, whitewashed sepulchers, oh, broods of vipers. Of vipers. Oh. And it's like, yeah, Jesus, t- t- Jesus said hard things to them. And in the end said, Father, forgive them. Stephen said very hard things to them, just like Jesus. And in the end said, Father, forgive them. Why do you think they, they, they said such hard things? To, why does Stephen and J- Jesus say such hard things to what willing to be hated? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. Maybe yeah. one like Nicodemus might come out and say, what must I do? Be saved. Nicodemus was also of the ruling class. Yeah. And, and, you know, he may not have been in the Sanhedrin, but that's that's a powerful position. It's like the rulers of the rulers. It's... Mm-hmm. So, like you know, uh, you know, a Pharisee and a Sadducee is a political party of belief within the Sanhedrin, mm-hmm. and so then, so like the majority leader or the speaker of the house, the they would be like the high priest and his and his aide, mm-hmm. and and then you know if you had a commit subcommittees that all give you power, well, the Sanhedrin was one of those ruling classes of the of that whole group. You know, mm-hmm. they were the powerful <clears throat> ones and. Uh, so telling them you've missed God wow. may not sound like love, but to just let them live out their lives, never being told the truth, that's not love. That's right. And leading all the people yeah. astray Correct. as well, right? Yeah. And the whole country. Yeah. Going the wrong and way. And then in the end, when they took his words and stoned him and killed him, him saying, Father, forgive them. It is definitely something to think about and say, I don't know that I have achieved this yet. I, I want to grow to this point. I want to, I want to be that guy yeah. that could do that. I don't ever want to be stoned. I mean, I can tell you, I don't want to be stoned. But if I ever was, I would, want to, I would really hope that my mind would go to that. Make sure no one's punished yeah. for stoning me. Yeah. I, it, it says in Acts, you know, as the, going back to the word Christian, it's, it starts by referring to them as they called themselves follow, followers of the way, and then the way, you know. But then this, the people started calling them Christian, as you said, based on right who they were and Stephen. Stephen is that the the shining star example. But then also, I think we it would be good to talk of Paul as well. I think he, you you mentioned Paul in this chapter too, who was Saul in the story we just read, but he later goes on, you know, to be persecuting Christians, killing them, right, and then he has an encounter on the road to Damascus, right? right? Could you tell us, could you give us a little overview of that story? So he's on the way to Damascus to kill those who preach Jesus. That's right. And Jesus appears to him in a flash and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he says, who are you that I'm persecuting you? And he says, I am Jesus mm-hmm. and the Christ. And Paul turns out, he repents, he gets born again, he gets blinded, healed, then spends three years in the wilderness preparing, being prepared by God to follow the same way that Stephen was following, to become the man that, you know, would be stoned three times and left for dead, 
escape stoning over over a wall in a basket, <laughs> whipped with the lashes five times, which is 200 lashes, and each time mercy was given of one lash. So he got 195 strikes with a whip, a cat of nine tails. He was persecuted immensely, eventually beheaded, spent great periods of time in jail. One story says they beat him and threw him in jail, and he was singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. songs. Mm -hmm. And there's just such an example. He was shipwrecked, snake bit. He was abandoned by so many that were following with him that could not pay the price and could not walk the walk. Demas left him and went back to the world, for instance. And so Paul was one of those guys who saw who saw Stephen, Stephen and might have been, wow, Jesus is real. And eventually, I mean, he's still murderous and he's still hurting. And he goes out and he gets converted. And, you know, there's a lot of evidence. The movie Saul of Tarsus made mention of the fact that Paul was guilty for the fathers he'd killed and the men he had persecuted, the families he had drug out of their homes for believing in Jesus. And mm -hmm. that movie showed that he still had some guilt to get over. And when you read his torments, you know, his thorn in the flesh and all those things, I have a feeling Paul carried a great yeah, level of feelings for those families. Maybe when he went to those cities, he saw the kids whose ah. father they killed, you know, who he orphaned. Mm. Um, maybe he saw the women working, you know, in the marketplace whose parent, husband used to take care of them, who, who was now gone because Paul killed him. And I think he probably had that kind of a life and is his devotion is really high. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes wonder about the, what the driven nature of that devotion is. And a lot of it is Stephen saying, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. When Paul was, when Paul was met on the road by Jesus, the one thing he wasn't forgiven of was stoning Peter, stoning Stephen, I'm sorry. Because Stephen made it clear, there's no guilt here for you. There's no, there's no stain of sin on you. I ask God to forgive you and not punish you. And this is what Jesus said from the cross, Father, forgive them. And I think when you want to look like Jesus, you want to come in his name, you want to you want to be in the likeness of Jesus Christ. There has to be a struggle, there has to be an effort, good, there has Steve. to be a push to be a person who forgives those who do you wrong. And come coming against a world system. And come yeah, coming in there and doing exactly what no one would expect you to do hmm. and forgive. What forgiveness is by definition? would be, I don't want them punished. Father, don't punish them for what they're doing to me. I'm going to be okay. I'm a believer. I'm someone who walks in the image of the Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fine. And I ask you not to punish them. Yeah. What they did did not crush me, did not destroy me. And... Uh, I'm going to be okay and let him off the hook. And so Paul didn't have to be forgiven of Stephen Stone. Mm -hmm. But in the end, he was beheaded, yeah. imprisoned in one of the worst prisons ever known to humankind, this dirt hole of a prison outside Rome mm -hmm. where everything goes downhill and he was at the bottom. Wow. And so he never complained. 
the book that he wrote, I, I believe, I could be wrong, but I think it was last. There's a chapter. Philippians. Right? Philippians. There's a chapter called the joy chapter. Prison. And it's just amazing. It's like he joy in chains. He talks about how much joy he has in chains. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, now this is the likeness of Christ. Mm-hmm. This is in his likeness. And that's what I want to convey is what are the examples? What are the, what is it I'm trying to be to be in his likeness? So I got to work. A guy in my high school went out. He met Jesus at something during the Jesus movement. And he came to school the next day wearing robes <laughs> and started growing his hair out. And he grew his scraggly beard out. And he carried a little Merce, you know. <laughs> Back then that, we didn't have those. And they didn't have those, right. <laughs> now they're cool. No such thing as a man person, <laughs> no, 73, no, no. right? Anyway. He, you know, it's kind of funny. He was my catcher at when my twelve-year-old team with a robot. Yeah, no, no. Okay, when he good. was, but when we got into high school, he he goes and he he starts dressing like Jesus and coming to Jesus That's in sandals, coming to high school in sandals with a robe. At twelve? No, 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 in high school. In high school. Okay. I was, Played on the team at twelve. Later than in God, high school. Thank you, thank you. So, he. I mean, he, he he sat on a hill and preached like Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He honestly did. That's cute. And uh, I loved him. But did you really? I don't think that's in his likeness. <laughs> oh, I always liked him. It was you know, the Jesus he was preaching I didn't like. So <laughs> in his likeness does not mean wearing the robes and the hair and, and trying to imitate that? in that form in our world today. It was... Uh, being in his likeness is more what Stephen did and Paul did, you know, where they forgave and they were forgiven and where Paul went out and he basically, there was no price he wouldn't pay, no distance he wouldn't go, no thing he would not give up yeah. because he felt, he probably felt he owed a debt. But um, Jesus came and paid those debts and Paul was magnificent. And we have a Bible today, in a New Testament anyway, uh, in no small part to Paul the Apostle yeah. and his dedication to being the likeness of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Not dressing like him, but demonstrating him. Kind of like when they looked at Stephen dying and said, I thought we already killed this Jesus once. And here he is again. Jesus twice. In yeah. a different form. Yeah. Form of Stephen. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was thinking about how uh, we talked about what does it take to be uh, saved last time the uh you know confess and believe or overcoming to the end and i was just thinking about i guess that could also be used as to how do you define a christian it really is someone who overcomes to the end and then you know jesus did it to his end carrying yeah. his cross and now he did, you know and stephen's story and then paul's and then many others all right all of the mm. apostles ended up minus john being uh martyred right and but just he, that, he persevered he, a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, he went through some stuff, too. Uh, boiled <laughs> oil. Yeah. He was chased yeah. all over the place. Yeah. It's, he um, was, he was it's, chased. It's, it's shocking to me in Christianity today that I guess we're not reading this as much as we should because it's every example of being in his likeness or being a vicar or being a disciple that we have in the New Testament, it doesn't always end well. And, and in fact... In the middle, it's not very good either. Being chased, I was just reading today in in in, uh, in Acts, you know, and and all those those missionary trips with Paul and stuff, and it's like they're chased off here, and they're mad about the um, uh, Paulos or what what Ar- 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 um the um the big 
goddess of love or something, and they they wanted him to take her oh. away, and mm. you know oh. they were, they came oh. after oh, them. Oh, yeah, the gods, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they made they sold yeah. statues, yeah, yeah. Right. and they were okay. livelihood, and so it's like it's like we want, and and we've talked about before is that we want this like blessed life, mm-hmm. and it's like and and our blessing is that we have a car, a house, children, we have money, we have food. You know, we're stable. And it's like, as you read the New Testament, that is not what a Christian is back then. And the, what they talk about is giving it all. And, and, and they did it once, you know, Pentecost. I mean, they did it with Jesus, but once Pentecost uh, came in Acts, it's, they really did it. And that's, it's like their, their, their example of Christianity is kind of gut-wrenching. And the joy, the joy wasn't circumstantial. No. It was this joy that endured. Internally. You know, like Paul and Chains was still filled with this hope and this joy and this purpose and this, you know, this thing. And I think, uh, I know I can say, and I know you guys would say too, that you, doing years in ministry, it's it, sometimes it's not always glamorous and sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard work and sometimes you, it's gut-wrenching. you're sad and heartbroken and sometimes you want to hit, hit your head against the wall mm-hmm. and all those things, yet there's this, but living for Jesus as this hope and this joy and hope this purpose glory. and mm-hmm. just this beauty that you wouldn't trade it for. And I think, you know, that, that part of being Christian is that it's living for his life, for Not his mine. sake, yeah. above our own, right? And imitating the first chapter yeah. of this book was be an imitator, be a disciple, yeah. be a vicar. Yeah. And I think if we really got that is like, we're like, you know, I think it was the last um, week or whatever. It's worthy only Christ people are going to see mm-hmm. i have a sphere that you're not going to get to and steve has a sphere that you know i might not get to and it's like people are watching us all the time and they know what they actually know what a christian should be they know they know what a christian should be every person knows what a christian should be yeah. and and i think we lack on we lack at that the other thing i was thinking of also is a lot of us have experienced a a bad example of a christian yeah um and maybe we've been that or maybe we've experienced that, maybe we've suffered that. And we then use that as an excuse to Correct. then walk away or to not be like Christ wow. or to, you know, not trust. And I, I just think it's really important to, again, go back to Jesus as the chief example and look at his followers and, and really make sure that you are imitating him. And if you've been hurt by others, then forgive. <laughs> but don't use that as a reason to walk away or to... Not well, fair. if you just, again, look at the New Testament, you know, and the examples of the apostles, disciples, their life, I mean, they had a, probably a lot of places where they could have walked away from the church or Jesus. I mean, people were, you know, what, what do you say, mm-hmm. 195 lashes and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, run out of town and hated because they're not, Jew, you know, they're not practicing mm-hmm. Judaism. And that yet they went on and on, except for mm-hmm. maybe one person who went back to his old life or two or whatever. So it's like, yeah, that, that's our example, isn't it? That we gotta, you just gotta keep forgiving. Mm-hmm. I think probably, if you want to know how to begin coming in the likeness of Jesus Christ, I think it's impossible without a definition, a proper definition of the word love. Mm-hmm. It's good, Steve. We have so abuse the word love you know turn it into everything you know you love everything you love this table i love this table and we use the word all the time you know but that isn't really what god means when he says when jesus says love one another as i have loved you so different that's not 
the same word as we use for love. Mm. When he says, you know, this commandment I give you, want to be great in the kingdom of God, learn to love one another, be a servant of all. No greater love has any man who lays down his life for his brother. The, the word he's using there for love is not the same as we use for our coffee and our cat and our mm. our grass, you know, our home. It's not really the same word. I think that if you can look at Jesus and define his love as unselfishness, selflessness. It's really good. You can start to get a target to hit for. You can actually say, you know, being like Jesus would have to look like loving like Jesus loves. Examining that. The definition of his love is humility. The definition of his love is selflessness. Can, you know, not considering himself too great to die on a cross for us. Not considering himself too great to live homeless or to homeless. son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To live like that in front of us mm-hmm. when we think of people like that as a failure. Wow. He's not afraid of our opinion of him, our throwing stones at him. You know, the crowds turning against him. He wasn't afraid of that. His disciples betraying him. He wasn't afraid of that. I'm afraid of that. Me too. Disciples betraying is the worst thing I could possibly feel and that I know of. And uh, uh, he wasn't afraid of that because he was selfless. He was too. Not selfish. And if I want to come in the likeness of Christ, I think the beginning starting line, the gun, you know, the gun goes off and the race begins. The thing I should concentrate on the most is being selfless and not selfish. To start to curb all selfishness, to start to lay down my life in selflessness and try to understand what I'm what he wants me to do in my life, laying my life down, sacrificing who I am for the sake of others. And I think that that more than anything defines in his likeness. Yeah. Defines Christian, Christian defines vicar, defines disciple, defines who I want to be. And until we come to this decision of what that means, what does love mean? You know, is it really just a warm, fuzzy feeling? Mm. It'd be pretty hard for me to feel warm and fuzzy for people I've never met or people pounding nails and throwing stones and Mm -hmm. slinging whips. Wow. Throwing fists. It'd be kind of hard for me to feel, you know, warm and fuzzy. So that can't really be what he's talking about. So you got to come to an idea. What is love? When the commandment he gave was love, when obedience is called love, Hmm. when loving him is how he makes his home in you, all of these things that are so clearly spelled out provide you with a need to understand love. And what does it mean to love? And I think selflessness unselfishness is the thing you want to do. The story that you tell sometimes about the song guy decides to follow Jesus. Oh, the, the guy his, that the wrote it? The history of that song. Yeah. It feels like it's apt for yeah. this. So I wish I could remember his name and I wish I could remember the islands. But he got he met Jesus and he began to preach the gospel And he was sent to this island to preach the gospel to the natives as a missionary. He took his wife and he took his two sons, middle children's sons, you know, know, in the adolescent age. And 
the people got freaked out because he was performing powerful acts and they gathered and the chief witch doctor said we need you to renounce jesus we want you to you renounce jesus now he said no i can't renounce jesus he said if you don't renounce jesus we're going to kill your wife we're going to shoot arrows into your wife and so he said i can't renounce jesus and they fired the arrows into his wife and as she lay dying, he began to sing the song. Wow. I have decided Come on. to follow Jesus. And he went on. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Wow. The cross before me, the world behind me. But he sang through it. And they said, deny Jesus. And they turned the arrows on his son and they shot one of them. Wow. And he sang again. I have decided to follow Jesus. And then they turned it to his other son. He said, no, I will not renounce Jesus. And wow. they shot him. And he kept singing, the cross before Come me, on. the world behind me. And then they aimed the arrows at him and said, if you don't stop, we're going to shoot you. He said, I'm not going to renounce Jesus. And they shot him. And he died. So he watched his wife die, his each son die. And then himself die. Well, the crowd watching was so impressed with this. And they remembered the preaching that he gave about accepting Jesus Christ and following Jesus Christ. And they learned the mm. book he carried with them. And they began to look at this book. Wow. And when they started to come together and started to pray to this Jesus, they began to have supernatural conversions. Until one day, this chief that had ordered his death came to the meeting and gave his life to Come Jesus on. Christ. And That's it was great. very common in their gatherings for someone to start the song. I have decided to follow wow. Jesus. Oh. And the whole village gave their life to Jesus. And to this day, wherever that island is, Do you have it? they still have Christianity as a very powerful wow. and strong belief what of faith. Heritage. Seems to be part because, of India. Part, part of India. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it's like such an incredible song. There is no known record of who wrote that song. Really? The story I read was about how the Holy Spirit wrote the song. Mm -hmm. And this young man sung it as a spiritual song, a spirit song. Wow. And that the people who heard him sing it, the only time he ever got to sing it One with time. the two choruses... Uh, the world, the cross before me, the world behind me, being the second verse. They heard it and they began to sing it. And I remember singing that song. And I can think of the names of the students that were giving their life to Jesus when I was singing that song. I've been to Billy Graham Crusades back in the '80s, I think. Where and and uh, the the altar call song. I have decided to follow Jesus, yep. and it, that song has just resounded throughout time and so many people have come to jesus by this spirit-led song wow. and it was because a man identified love as sacrifice his he sacrificed his wife wow. he sacrificed his sons and he sacrificed his own life because of his love for jesus he would not he would not he would not deny jesus wow. and this song came up in him and he sang it watching his family die and he sang it 
watching himself die. And I believe he woke up in, in the presence of God with his wife and yeah, sons, uh -huh. singing the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. So, no turning back. Good. No turning back. See, he came to a decision of what love means. Love is not self-preservation. Love is the gospel being made real. Wow. The demonstration of grace yeah. in front of a community that later wanted to know more about this Jesus he served because they knew the gods they'd served. They didn't feel the way he did mm -hmm. about his God towards their gods. And so they gave, the story tells that they gave their life to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you can Google that now and look it up and, yeah. and find the story. Did, and, and when you do, it'll be similar to what I just yeah. said. I think I got it close. From, yeah, I've once seen a guy, a guy, like you said, missionary in India, um, a region of India, and yes, was Amara as his family died started singing the song as, wow yeah that's a quick search but yeah and that's I, I think that really challenges all of us to to really uh think about our Christianity I think often we think about our Christianity in terms of I'm a Christian because I go to the church or I'm mm. a Christian because maybe I tie so I'm a Christian because I believed I prayed a prayer or I did this or you know we look to those little hallmarks to be the reasons why we believe or I grew up Christian but none of that really matters unless we've really given him our life unless we've started to live out this love that you're describing and you know maybe like Paul we persecuted the church and hated Christians for a long time but we can turn it around or maybe we fell in love with them at a young age but regardless there's this call to to love and to lay down our lives and be a Christian so mm -hmm. that the world would say I see something different about you. You know, they might not know who Jesus is like the Jews did because they just killed him. So Stephen was, oh, it's just like you. But for us, they can recognize that there's something different or alien if we live like him. So, and I think I think as we close out, yeah. is that if you're being if you're being kind of affected by these words uh, um, that we spoke about today, and maybe you did you are a Christian mm -hmm. and you have, have asked Jesus in your life, but you're offended. You're not a church or you know, and all kinds of reasons of not to live in his likeness. I would, I would say two things. I'd say repent mm -hmm. and ask to bring back your, your um, first love because he said, he says that if you're neither hot nor cold, he's going to spit you out of your, his mouth. And then I think also, um, you know, get, get this book, yeah. living, in, um, living um, in his likeness. And all three of GST's books are really, they're the, um, they're the, they're the, um, just the, the the nuts and bolts of Christianity and, and really strong Christianity and that's who I want to be I want to I want to live in his likeness I want to be a vicar I want to be a Christian I want to be a disciple I want people to say hey there's something different about you without me even opening my mouth but I also want to open my mouth and and act upon these words uh, say these words and act upon them Amen. Well, thank you so much. As Vicky said, you can pick up the book at Amazon. Uh, yeah. Search, search for In His Likeness by Steve Orsolo. And we... How do you spell this Orsolo? Why don't you spell it since it's your last name? Okay. It's O-R-S-I-L-L-O. -L -L -O. There you go. Orsolo. And the link will be in the podcast description. Have so. a great week. Have a great time, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Uncommentary's podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. 
It would really help us if you could rate, review, and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.